Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide, the show that teaches realtors how to create a thriving real estate business. Welcome to today's episode of the Real Estate Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, John Shookman, and I am so thankful to have you with me for today's episode. A huge thank you to Jennifer Harshman and Harshman Services for sponsoring today's podcast episode. I'm so thankful for the team at Harshman Services for being a part of helping my business and for sponsoring the podcast. Let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to today's episode and today's interview. I am thrilled to have you guys with me. And we have brought the boss of the Shookman household (laughs) onto the show today. I don't know how excited she is, but she did say that, you know, this is weird because normally she just has a conversation with a three-year-old and a one and a half year old. (laughs) So we've brought my beautiful wife, Valerie, in. So many of you have asked about our journey Um, our debt-free journey, what it's like, uh, you know, balancing a schedule where I kind of run out the door sometimes. And so this week we are actually in Nashville. So this Wednesday is our debt-free scream. And so we're thrilled to be here. And as we've kind of shared our story, so many people have kind of asked about our journey. And really, I figured we needed to have the boss of the debt-free journey and our journey onto the show. So Valerie, the best looking guest I've ever had for sure. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Hi, thanks for having me. So we are literally in our house. She is downstairs because I haven't figured out audio together. So hello, the kitchen looks great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and you did joke that you normally you talk to a three year old and a one and a half year old. So we are do the, doing this while they sleep. We might hear screaming kids in the background, but here we are. So tell us, kind of just bring us back. Obviously, like you met me, I had no money. We got into (laughs) (laughs) we got into the Financial Peace University class through our church at the time. But just kind of go back a little bit to that time, what it was like going through the class. And again, we'll be honest on this, right? I wasn't into the class at the beginning, but just kind of talk us through like what that experience, what the class was like. So I remember when it first popped up at church being like, babe, we should totally do this. We need to sign up for it. Because at this point, I was already debt free. I didn't have any bills or like school bills or car bills or anything like that. And so. And John had a lot when we got married. (laughs) Car loan, credit cards. You know, it's we're as we record this, we're coming into the holidays and I'll always remember. We'll get back to the question I asked you, but I'll always remember. Wasn't I Christmas shopping the first year? You're shaking your head already. The first year we were together, 2014, I was Christmas shopping on Christmas Eve and worried that I wouldn't have enough money in my account. Is that correct? That is, yes, very correct. (laughs) And I was stressed out. And so then it was like buying gift cards at Turkey Hill and hoping the money cleared. So that's kind of where Val found me. (laughs) But yeah, so, okay, so go back to the class. So you say we're at church. You say we should sign up. I'm sure I didn't respond in a positive way. No, because... We were, weren't we, we were dating at the time, Mm -hmm. right? We weren't even engaged or anything like that. So we were just dating and I'm like, you, we should do this, especially if we're thinking about getting married, like Mm -hmm. it would be a good thing to do because I know that some of us were not the best (laughs) with money and, um, 
Yeah. So I tried to encourage you to want to do it. And you were very, you were very much. All right. I'll do it because you asked. And (laughs) (laughs) kind of like this podcast interview, right, Val? Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, you did it with me. It was a great experience. I think that you definitely got some things out of it. Mm-hmm. I think it didn't really click until a few years later mm-hmm. where you're like, okay. Cause I know for, and even at the beginning we were Dave ish. So we yeah. were partially doing what Dave Ramsey suggested, um, but then partially kind of doing our own thing. Yeah. So, I mean, it took you a little bit to jump on board and, but once you finally did, that's when it all kind of started and we were both on the same page of using cash trying to pay off our loans and it john's loans with- guys john's loans it's okay she can yeah say but it. once we got married they became mine yeah mm-hmm. and just trying to like pay all of that off so that we could be debt free and have a a different life for our children mm-hmm. i think for me what really finally i guess stuck was thinking I think there was at some point I wanted to do something. Maybe it was buy a house. Maybe we were looking at like our budget. And I'm like, did we really spend that much eating out? Like we were both working now and we'll share it right this Wednesday for a national audience. We'll share all about our income. So I think at the time between two of us, we were making like $70,000, but we were living in an apartment at the time that was $900 a month. Right. So even think 12,000 a year for rent. And we were like, where are we spending $60,000? And then when we finally looked at it, you know, and you, I I think this is big for people listening. Like if you have a spouse, like you're thinking about being debt free or being on the same page, you know, you're being humble. But I think you were really patient, right? You kind of were like, okay, you know, even when we finally got on the plan officially, like I still remember a conversation with you where I said, okay, well, what do you think? You said to me, what do you think is good for like spending? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I think like $50. And I was thinking like 50 to 100 a week. And you were and you literally I remember you almost verbatim. You were like, oh, I was thinking like $50 a month. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. And so but I think we both learned in that moment that we had to be flexible. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think Dave Ramsey's for everybody, you know, and we'll talk over the next few weeks how I feel about things in terms of real estate and investing. But I do think their plan to pay off your consumer debt is like it works and it's like the best there is. But, you know, I love on the videos, Rachel Cruz talks a lot about her husband and her. So Rachel is Dave's daughter, for those of you that don't know. And Rachel talks about like the the spender and the saver, like the free spirit and the saver. And so you were certainly the saver. But I think Rachel on those videos really encouraged both of us. There had to be balance. So I think at the beginning with spending money, eating out, things like that, we kind of started and it was like, OK, this will be a couple hundred dollars a month. And we knew it was more than you wanted to spend. But you knew that if I was going to even jump on the plan, you had to start with something mm-hmm. right. It, you know, when when I met you and even, you know, first few years of dating and then engaged and married, I would literally, you know, we would go to your parents' house or my dad's house in Reading or something like that. And it'd be a 20 or 30 minute drive either way, right? One or the other. And I would stop on the way to get a cold Pepsi at like a Turkey Hill. And so even I don't even know 
I think you didn't say don't buy Pepsi. You tried to balance it. You said, well, why don't we just get a six pack at the grocery store for three dollars where they're 50 cents a piece rather than buying them for two dollars each. So so tell me what that balance was like as you kind of tried to encourage me to do the debt free journey, um, but also didn't want to be so restricting that I was like just going to quit and go spend all the money behind your back. Like, what was that like? I mean, it was definitely hard. I feel like, well, first, even to get you on the journey, (laughs) I had to just like be patient. And because I knew that if I would push you and push you to try and do it, like that would just turn you against it and not get you on board. So that was even just like I had to be patient and just kind of do what I could for myself and for the household that I could do you know what i mean um but for like your spending i knew that i couldn't like push you and then so yeah it was definitely hard when you're like oh i want to buy this and i'm like um i don't know that we can do that right now (laughs) but yeah so i mean it was definitely hard but it was just a matter of being patient and um just realizing that we are two different and i think in the book she uses the nerd Mm-hmm. Phrase yeah, or whatever, that's right. and nerd and free spirit. Yeah, and so like, I, yeah, with me being the nerd, I knew that you were very much like wanted to spend the money, and so just kind of had to balance it all. And that's always a hard word to mm-hmm. to like do because like it's yeah, it's just finding the balance, and it's not an easy task to do. It's just balancing it all. Yeah. No. And and I think for for those of you listening, I'm you know, I take notes as we go being on the same page, being patient, not wanting to turn me against. I think that's all good for even for realtors out there and for people that are maybe trying to save money, but their spouse isn't on board. All of those things are super important. So let's kind of fast forward a little bit. You know, I've often shared how June of 2020, you know, we had uh, so Caden was born September 2019. We had paid off our uh, consumer debt basically the day before he turned a year old, saved six months of living expense by the time Liliana was born in March, six months later. But June of 2020, we had asked family members to live with them, right? We didn't feel like we could afford it. I think this is another one, and I haven't shared this. I was at that time really telling you, we need to go rent a house, right? We need to sell our house, go rent it. I think I think all these things being on the same page, being patient, balance, right, apply also to that because what people don't. Yeah, I was determined like we're going to sell our house. We'll make you know, we'll make 60 grand. So we'll be kind of like be, quote unquote, debt free because we don't have the mortgage anymore, completely debt free. And we'll still have sixty thousand dollars. You discourage that. (laughs) You're laughing. I already know. But (laughs) we're very patient. So what I know what it was, but what was the point where I finally was like, oh, you're right. It doesn't make sense. And what was it like being patient for on me to figure it to like wait for me to figure it out? Yeah, I I did a lot of research. I'm the research type. I like to look it all up and just see. Mm-hmm. And so when he first started talking or I guess when you first started talking about um, wanting to move and rent something. I kind of was like looking at all of the numbers and I'm like, wait a second. 
Mm-hmm. These numbers don't line up with what we're paying now for a mortgage and what we would have to pay for rent. And so I feel like during those many, many conversations <laughs> that we had about whether we rent, whether we buy something cheaper, it was hard to be patient but I had to just wait for you to see it for yourself because no matter how many times I told you that it doesn't look like it's going to like be the best thing for us, you had to see it for yourself, which I think that is completely normal mm-hmm. that it's hard to see it without seeing it right in front of you. Um, and so, yeah, we just kind of realized that rent kept going up and like it was more than what we were paying in our mortgage. And so Mm -hmm. we're like, okay, do we sell and buy something cheaper at that point? Yeah. We just had Caden um, and we're like, okay, we could. But then the more that we looked into it, the more we're like, I don't know that that's going to be the best thing for us. Like, Mm -hmm. cause, but we had to figure something out because we just felt like the mortgage was taking over and Mm -hmm. just with finances, it was just a struggle. And so we just had to figure something else out. Yeah. And so it's so funny because I still remember the day that I'm like, wait a second, it does not make sense to rent for, I think it was like 1300, 1200 maybe. And it's even gone up since then when our mortgage is a thousand dollars and you were kind (laughs) of, you were nice, but you were like, yeah, duh. I've been saying this for months. Is that, is that kind of what it was like? Yeah, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So let's fast forward. I was a little stubborn, but finally came around. So June of 2020, we, you know, felt like we had to move Ask family. That situation just wasn't going to be a great fit. Literally from there, tell us about the crazy 24 months from (laughs) June of 2020, um, $70,000 in debt. Well, yeah. Yeah, we still had debt at that point. I started making money that summer to then two years later, $150,000 on the house and $70,000 in consumer debt was paid off. Obviously, a lot of work. But from your perspective, like when did you finally feel? And so 2020 is kind of like that first full year. I got licensed August 2019, right before Kane was born. When in 2020 did you finally feel like, oh, he can actually he's going to be good at this. He's going to have success. We're going to be okay in real estate. I think I don't think I've ever asked you this right now. Live <laughs> is the first time. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that you have. Um, I think once I saw people come to you, um, say asking for your help, because at the very beginning, you were putting your name out there. Mm-hmm. You were, asking people you were like having those conversations starting those relationships but once i saw people start coming to you and asking new questions and going to you for advice on houses that's when i was like oh okay like i knew that we you might actually always... not we might actually survive <laughs> and not go bankrupt yeah well no, like I knew that you would always be good at it because you are a people person. Mm-hmm. You are a person that just loves relationships and talking to people. <laughs> Shocker. Um, <laughs> and that you 
also like to like sell things. Yeah, I've said I've said for years that like I'm good at sales and good at relationships, right? Now you can't do the sales without the relationships or or yes. you're kind of like that sleazy salesperson that nobody likes. Yes. yes. Yeah. But I just I feel like you just had so much experience and you learned through all of your previous jobs, mm-hmm. how to not be that sleazy salesperson. Um, and so like, I knew you would be good at it. It's just a matter of if it took off and if people would be open to like you helping them, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And yeah. so, yeah. So I think that was just kind of the turning point where I was like, okay, like this might actually work is just when people started to come to you and um, really just ask advice. Yeah. It's very interesting too, because, you know, even now I'll be like, oh, this person messaged me and you'll be like, oh, okay. I don't know who that is. I don't know where this person came from, but cool. And it's kind of like, and we've said this, that like, you know, things have been a little slower and shifted because of the rates, but we've even talked about if, if the rates were even a five right now, like I'd have 30 clients that are like, I wouldn't, I'd, I like, wouldn't even be able to handle all the, I'd be gone every day showing houses because so many people would be ready to buy homes. So I think that, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that too is encouraging, even as the market shifts and slows down, knowing that once the rates shift a little bit, it's going to be like off to the races. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Like, what is it, you know, the, like all of really most of 2022, right? All of 2021, I was absolutely slammed um, mm-hmm. as someone who and and you'll admit like you're a planner. You kind of like to have a schedule, be rigid. And that's not bad that you know, that really helps our family, especially with two kids have a plan. How do you tell everybody out there, right? And this is an audience of realtors so they can know how to better support their spouse. How do you deal with and support my business knowing that like I might be up here at 11 a.m., have nothing going on. And then at 11.15, I run out the door. It is hard. Yeah. It is very hard. Um, And I've had to learn and change my mindset on it, mm-hmm. especially at the beginning when you would have to be like, we would have to change our plans last minute. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, um, but then I'd be like, okay, but like it's his job. Mm-hmm. And I think that was part of the hard mindset change was going from a W2 nine to five where you work from here to here and then you're done. Mm-hmm. But like real, like real estate, it's like 24 seven almost. And mm-hmm. so just kind of changing that mindset for me, mm-hmm. it just, I had to, because that's what we had to do to survive during the difficult times. And I mean, it's still hard for me when like sometimes we're in the middle of a conversation and he gets a text and he's like, hold on. And I'm like, <laughs> really? <laughs> but I I know. And we've had to have conversations mm-hmm. about those times and just him like you saying like, all right, like I need to deal with this quick and then give me a minute or anything like that, like any of those like key little words to just let me know that you have to take care of it. Cause then I'm like, okay, then we can continue our conversation or something like that. And we've had to 
change our mindset of plans mm-hmm. and be open to the flexibility and even let some of our family know that like, mm-hmm. okay, we will plan for John to be there, but something might happen last minute and he can't, but like, yeah. I like you do your best and I appreciate that. But like, it's definitely very hard, especially with the kids, Mm -hmm. like having two little ones, like if we plan to go out and nope, got a showing. Okay, just kidding. Like, (laughs) well, I'm laughing and that people can probably hear I was chuckling the whole time you said that because I loved what you said. But even sometimes I don't even say anything. Sometimes it's like a hand and not a (laughs) way, but like, yes, stop please stop. And like, you've learned that it's not me being rude. It's just like, hold on. I'm not even listening anymore because I just got this text. And I've, Mm -hmm. I've had to learn too. Hey, I don't need to answer every text within five minutes. They can wait 30 minutes, right? That's Mm -hmm. balance too, that I've had to learn. And so I think it's balance on both sides. So, so tell us also, okay, so that's the hard part of the balance, but also it means, Hey, I'm home what 80% of the time mm-hmm. and like so even yesterday we literally we were gonna I was like I should do work today I should do this I should do that I should clean up the office and then we went to uh something in the morning kids came home from nap so we relaxed a little bit watched the Michigan game and then literally we're like let's go see Christmas lights and so at eight o'clock last night I'm like oh I didn't work like tell me <laughs> what so is that well, I guess tell us what that balance is like. And then does that, you know, for both of us, I think, and, you know, for you, is the trade-off worth it? Have we found the trade-off to be worth it? Oh, yes, definitely. It's definitely worth the last minute of you having to go somewhere to get the time in the mornings. Because if mm-hmm. you had a nine-to-five job, you would be gone. And so say one of the kids were sick and I needed you, or if I was sick, like, I don't know what I would do if like you had the nine to five, like it's so nice to have that flexibility. And if you are gone in a time where like, I would need you at home, like it's gone, you're gone for like a short period of time for like a showing normally. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously there's those occasional knots where it's like all day, but few and we far just, between there's very, yes. especially now it's very rare that I'm like, I'll be gone from the morning to the evening. Yes. Yes, definitely. But it's it's definitely so much nicer to have you around and like you can come down during like in between meetings or phone calls and even just say hi to kids, be a little distraction or come play with them while I'm fixing lunch or something like that. Like it is just yeah, it has been a huge blessing for our family and I've loved having our kids like see you be home and be there for them instead of having to go and work a nine to five. It is funny. Sometimes I'm in this room and I hear screams down there and I'm like, (laughs) "Eh, I don't know that maybe I'll have another meeting. Maybe I'll schedule something else. But (laughs) tell me about, um, you know, you've I mean, even this podcast interview, you were like you were kind of like, oh, I don't know. You've really been more willing recently. And I mean, right. Dave Ramsey on Wednesday, we're sharing. They ask your income, all the things. Tell me what it's been like kind of stepping out of your comfort zone to share some things, not I mean, not for us to get credit, but really to I mean, I feel like I've seen in both of us a desire to help others more than anything else. Right. Tell me about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like I kind of grew up. I mean, I grew up in Lancaster and and it's very like you kind of not keep to yourself, but kind of like you don't share 
a ton of stuff that's not people's business. And so it was, it's, was and is still hard for me um, because that's just kind of how I grew up of where like you don't share certain things that um, are not other people's business. But I keep reminding myself that if what we go through and what we do can help somebody else, it makes it all worth it. I mean, that's what life is all about is just you learn from your own mistakes and then you try and help somebody else grow when they are going through that. Um, and so I just keep, I keep reminding myself of that and yeah, yeah. well, we'll see. It's very interesting. We, you know, we're recording this before we leave, but when this releases, we will be in Nashville ready for, uh, Wednesday. And so who knows, maybe we will have a follow-up <laughs> episode where we say never travel like that with your kids. It was a disaster, but I think it's, it's cool. And I think part of the real estate thing is even going to Florida, right? I don't, mm-hmm. I think I've mentioned on the show, but like we're going to Florida for five weeks. I could never do that in another job. You wouldn't even get that much time off. And then again, it'll be a balance, right? We'll be in Florida. I'll have the membership call every Monday morning that I lead. You know, I want to, but like also I, I'm committed to be there. So I quote unquote have to be there. But then, you know, I can do podcast stuff at one in the afternoon when the kids are sleeping or eight o'clock when they go to bed, or maybe the kids are fine and you're like, hey, go work for an hour or two. And that's kind of the balance that we've kind of created and very thankful for everything that's happened. So I normally end the show by asking um, advice to realtors and like advice to yourself. But uh, this one's a little different. Let's kind of you come from the spouse perspective, right? Of like being a realtor spouse, like it's my business, but you are part of it. And obviously kind of like if we've as we've shared our journey a little bit more from your perspective on this episode, I would love you to speak not to the realtors out there necessarily, but talk about um, being married to a realtor. Talk about the people out there listening who like, you know, the realtors are going to say to their spouse, you need to listen to this. What would be <laughs> what would be like a piece of advice, maybe something you've learned the past couple of years? Um, what would be something you would tell those spouses of realtors? Um, I think just be patient. Try and be understanding that it's the field that they're in and but they are doing it for the family, um, for you. And I think that during the last couple of years, I've really had to just be patient and know that this is your job. Like, um, yes, it's nice to have you home and I enjoy those times, but the one-off times where you are have to go last minute, like it is your job. And so it's finding the balance of that and having open communication is a big thing that I've had to learn over the last couple of years of just when he gets the phone call or text, like just have that communication of, Oh, this is our sign. Or this is like a phrase that like, you know, that's work and not just being on your phone or something like that. So I think, yeah, just the open communication, just being understanding and knowing that they are doing it for you is what I've learned. No, that's great. I really that's that's a good perspective. Um, as we kind of close out crazy couple years in real estate, what do you think, you know, and again, going from debt to paying off our house and like our entire journey, 
What would be like wh- like the biggest lesson you've kind of learned in all of it over the past few years? Look, I um, like to put people on the spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Guys, I didn't even warn her. I never I didn't tell her one thing we were going to discuss because <laughs> I say it's an organic conversation, like I say to all my guests. So Val didn't get special special treatment. No, <laughs> no, we did not talk about it at all. Um <laughs> I think something I've really had to learn is just trusting the process. We had to trust the process a lot through becoming uh, debt-free. And then we also had to trust the process when John became a realtor and when you had to switch from the nine to five to the um, owning your own business. So it was just, it was definitely a process and we had to just kind of grow through that. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. You've been an awesome guest. You're my favorite guest. And everyone can wish you an amazing happy birthday since your birthday is at the end of this week. So thank you so much. I love you. I don't normally tell my guests that. And <laughs> I'm super proud of you and just very thankful for um, you. Just I mean, I couldn't have, we couldn't have done all of this without you. You you know, the kids are a lot and you have been a huge support and encouragement to me and my business. So I appreciate you so much. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And I appreciate all of your hard work. And I love you. Love you. I normally don't end episodes like that, guys, but we're going to do it. So thanks, Valerie. We'll, uh, I'll see <laughs> you in two you. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what is up, guys? I hoped you enjoyed this interview with Valerie. I certainly am very thankful that she was willing to um, kind of share more of our journey, kind of share her perspective on everything we've been through, you know, the past few years together. Um, and I, you definitely, she stepped out of her comfort zone. I was super proud of her and super thankful for her willingness to come on the show and share some of her wisdom with you guys. So I hope you enjoyed it a lot. Um, and just as we close out a few of our takeaways, I'm just, again, very thankful for her support along this journey. And I think a big takeaway, right, is just, being on the same page, right? And as we get ready to do our debt-free scream this coming Wednesday, just processing through, you know, what it took to get here. Um, And as she kind of said at the beginning, you know, figuring out how to be on the same page with finances was a big part of it. Um, And again, just being patient and not wanting to turn me against the entire, you know, Financial Peace University and Dave Ramsey program. I think that's huge. Whatever business you're in as you listen to it and whatever your spouse does, whether they stay home like my wife does or whether they work as well, I think a huge lesson is, uh, you know, supporting each other, understanding each other and kind of being patient, right? You know, we, me and Valerie both today, we had someone over at our home and they were like, how do we get our spouse on, you know, on a budget, on a plan to become debt free? And I kind of shared a little bit with them just like, hey, you know, you have to be patient just like Val was with me. And, you know, at, like she shared about on the episode, if you just kind of force your spouse into something, <laughs> you know, well, first of all, that's not a great relationship if you're forcing each other to do things for one, but the spouse might have, um, some frustration and might not, you know, have their heart into it. And so that won't go well. So loved as well her perspective of like when she started to finally feel like success would come in the real estate business was when, you know, she finally started to see clients coming to me rather than me reaching out to people. I was, I spent a lot of time, like she said, putting myself out there. And so to then see people finally come to me rather than me trying to hunt people down. Um, was a big step for us. Um, 
I love her support along this journey and love how she's been, you know, willing to kind of change that mindset of, you know, being rigid, having a schedule and realizing, hey, we kind of have to be flexible and just kind of roll with the punches sometimes. So I think for all of us in real estate, that's a huge lesson for all of us, right? For us to roll with the punches, for our spouses to be um, supportive of that and encouraging along that journey. And I loved her advice at the end. You know, again, we closed out a little different, but her advice to you that might be listening to this and are married to a realtor, married to someone in a business like real estate. I think a big takeaway there is, um, you know, being patient um, and just trusting the process like she's done a great job doing, right? And she even said, like, trusting the process from being debt free and that journey. Um, to being a realtor, um, and to all the changes that can come up with our schedule due to uh, needs of clients and things like that. So very thankful for her, of course, and so proud of her and thankful she was willing to share some wisdom on this episode. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope to see you on our next episode. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Survival Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. It helps others discover the show. Thank you so much, and we will see you on the next episode.